This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. I don't know about you, but when I hear that song, it sends me back to the 70s when it was written in my consciousness at the time. And, and my consciousness at that time <clears throat> involved a Garden of Eden when I heard that song and, and definitely a God that was outside of me. And, and so my whole concept of creation was very, very different from what it is now. And I imagine that many of you have changed your perceptions of what creation is all about since back in that day, assuming you were around back in that day. Um, but, but I really want to talk about this field of creation that we are a part of. There's a wonderful little book called The Creative Life by Eric Butterworth that I, j- I just loved it. I read it yesterday. And I have heard about the creative process, which is something that Charles Fillmore talked about. And I've heard that, oh, it's a real key teaching of unity, but truthfully, I'd never come across it. And I just knew it had something to do with the, the creation process in the Bible. And, and when I think about the creation process in the Bible, I know that it's not literal. And so I just didn't have that much interest to even go digging for it and find out what it was. Well, Eric Butterworth, who is one of the seminal teachers in unity and is so articulate, he has written this creative process really in this book in very easy language to follow. And it's powerful. It's really powerful. It's It's about unlocking your own inner genius and participating actively in the field of creation. And so, obviously, I would encourage you to get this book, but I'm gonna talk about that creative process. And the first step, so the first day of creation is let there be light. Now, I, you know, it was only really as I'm reading this and thinking about it that I thought, Actually, that doesn't mean sunlight. But when, when I think, oh, let's think we are light and you know, we sing about that and all that, what, what are you visualizing? I'm visualizing sunlight. And so then what are we on a gloomy day or in the dark of night? It's not, it's not about sunlight. I mean, sunlight's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> but when it says, let there be light, it's about consciousness. And the let there be doesn't mean, oh, suddenly now there will be consciousness. That phrase that we translate as, okay, now it's a command and I'm going to put it into place, that is really a saying that means this is what is. So in the beginning is consciousness. And the beginning has no beginning, ironically. It just always is. So everything starts with consciousness. And we know from the five principles that we've studied that we are that. There isn't something else. It's all consciousness. And everything that is created comes from that consciousness. So that's the first 
day of creation, the acknowledgement of consciousness. And then the second day of consciousness, let there be a firmament in the sky. Now, a firmament is a funny word because it, it, it doesn't really have a meaning in our world because it's old science. But back in the time of the Bible, people believed that there was this dome over the sky. Think of the Astrodome. You know, it was over the world. There's this big dome. And the sun and the moon and the stars are hung in the dome. And, and it's keeping out all the waters of chaos on the other side of it. So it's, it's giving some structure to the world. Now, obviously, this is not true scientifically, but, but it was believed well into the Middle Ages. This was the model for science, if you can believe that. It wasn't just way back in the time the Genesis was written or conceived. It, it was really something that everybody thought. They had no reason to believe anything else. So in terms of the creative process, let there be a firmament. This is metaphysically, let there be faith. Let there be something that holds everything together, and that is faith. So if we are going to unleash our creative genius, first we begin by acknowledging that it's all consciousness. We are consciousness, and we have faith in the power of consciousness to create. The third day of creation is about the dry land. Let's separate the waters and have dry land appear. And the dry land, metaphysically, is the imagination. It's images that we hold of what we want to create. And I loved, in this book, he spelled it as I am A-G-E. So an, so an image, I am edge. <laughs> I don't know how to say it, but, but it's, we can't create something that we see. We can't create an image without it being of us. So, and when you have an image, you're not taking it from outside. So, for example, there's been a lot, like when The Secret came out and people criticized it for being too materialistic, people would say, okay, I, I want that red car. And you'd see that red car out there and you say, I want that. And so then you'd hold an image, I have a red car, I have a red car, I have a red car, until you somehow managed to get a red car. But that's, that's not the high use of this process. The high use is the I am image comes from inside of you. What what it is that we want to create. So then we hold that image as a part of us, something we are birthing. So for example, in this community, we have the image of the hearth that is a center for community. And it's something that came forth from within us. We didn't look around at all the unities out there and say, oh, I like that one, I want that too. It was something that surprised us and came forth from us, from our visioning as a community. 
and, and it continues to be refined. But the important part is it comes from within, from the light, the consciousness within. And so whatever your dreams are, whatever it is that you want to create, if it didn't come from within, it's not worth it. It's not yours because you are unique in all this world. There is no one else like you. And so I, I don't know if you've gone through this with kids, but it, it, I have noticed it with my kids, with my grandkids. They do something and then somebody else copies them. And they don't like that <laughs> because that's, that's my thing or they're on the other side of it and they're copying somebody else. <laughs> but it, there's, children are learning who they are by imitating. But we, we wanna train them to listen within because all of us from the time we're born are unique and we have something within that we need to bring forth. So the, the I am-age is the third day of creation. And then in the fourth day, now we've got the dry land and the waters and, and everything starts to swarm. There's fish in the sea and there are birds in the air and they're all swarming. Now, swarming is an interesting word. Have you ever seen a swarm? Mm -hmm. It's like a flock of geese that are all flying together and then they move. Or the fish in the water, they're all, they're all swarming. And it's a powerful thing. So metaphysically, what a swarm is, is all of the ideas and the energy that is needed for whatever that I amage is that we are creating. Nothing that we conceive of comes without the means to create it. It comes all together. When, when the seed is planted in the womb, that, that seed knows how to become a baby. When an oak tree starts as an acorn, it knows how to become an oak tree. Everything in creation knows innately how to become, and it has what it needs. And you are no different. Your dreams, your plans that come to you, you don't, you don't necessarily know in the, at the outset. In fact, almost always, especially if it's a worthy dream, you don't know but you will discover it because of the swarming, the people that you need, the resources, the ideas, the energy to do it. That all comes. And then there's the sun and the moon. Um, actually, the sun and the moon came first before the swarming, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, it's important. The sun and the moon are the two great lights in the sky, and the sun is the light of understanding, and the moon is the light of will. So you have to understand this dream that you have and you begin to become in relationship with it and, and discover it. And then in the light of the sun, the moon is reflected and that gives you the will to move forward and do the things that must be done. Because it isn't like you just snap and there it is. It takes your faith, it takes your understanding, it takes your will. You have to move forward with it. So, and then the swarming. And then, and then the uh, sixth one is humans are created in the image of God. And this is so important to realize that we are, we are not separate. 
We are an I am-age of the divine. And we, we are mirroring that divine power. We are not these poor, helpless little critters that don't know what to do. We are powerful. And we have to acknowledge that. And the seventh day of creation is the resting, the Sabbath. Now, when you think about Sabbath, if you're like me, you might think, oh, and so then I have to take a day off. What day am I going to take off? I mean, Sunday, I'm not taking it off because here I am <laughs> doing what is my work to do in the world. So I'm not resting. And, and then maybe I should take Monday off, but oh, I've got a meeting on Monday. And so I have, I have a really hard time finding a whole day. I take lots of breaks, but it's hard to get a whole day for me. And what, what he's talking about in this is the Sabbath is the breathing life, breathing into the dream. So in Hawaii, I know you've heard this said that when the white settlers came, the Hawaiians came into their churches to check it out and see what they were doing. And what they noticed is the, these Christians rattled off their prayers and then got up and left. And the Hawaiian practice was they did their prayers and devotions and then they were quiet and they breathed life into it. And so that's why the white settlers were called haoles, which means without breath, because they didn't put the breath, they didn't connect the spirit into the dream that they had, into the prayers that they were making. So the real idea of Sabbath is not a whole day long. It isn't a go to church or temple. It is put breath into that sacred creation. Recognize that it is coming from the light of pure consciousness. That you are the sacred one who is bringing it forth. That's what Sabbath means. So those are the seven days, the seven steps of the creative process. And if you use those, you will find that your creations become easier and more powerful. But I want to say a little bit more. I want to talk about the things that we're creating because our third principle says our consciousness creates our reality. And this is really problematic. So here we are, these powerful creators, and yet here's this mess in our lives because we've all got messes, right? And, and so then when we have a mess in our, I mean, it's fine when everything's going really well to say, yes, <laughs> I'm the creator of my life. But when it's a mess, what do we do with that? How do we interpret it? And I think the temptation is to blame ourselves and tell ourselves, oh, I don't have a high enough consciousness. I messed up, I, you know, whatever. And that, that is not good. And what we know about the divine in the steps of creation after each one, and God says, it is good. God is everywhere. God is a, is a center that is everywhere. 
and a circumference that is nowhere. God is available in every space at every time. The full power that we associate with the divine is available here. So when we are faced with a circumstance, whether it's in our world politics, whether it's global warning, whether it's a fight we had with somebody in our family, whether, you know, whatever it is, it's a health crisis, God is in this. We are one with that. And so how are we creating that? What do we, what do we tell ourselves? So one idea that I have, I don't have a definitive answer for you, so you're going to have to wrestle with this yourself, but the idea that makes the most sense to me is it's like baseball. Batter up, something's coming at you. And how are you going to meet it? If you meet it with light, then you expand the light. If you meet it with contraction and you start resenting that it's there, you start criticizing yourself or somebody else because it's there, if you go into blame and resentment, you contract the availability of the light. You are still light, you're just not shining it. You're, it's, it's like, I have this visual, I wish I could just do the Vulcan mind meld and have you see it, but my daughter, Holly, was one or two, and it's at the age when children love to play peekaboo, and so she's behind the drapes in the dining room, and you see this lump that comes out like a snake has just eaten something, and she is completely invisible as far as she's concerned. <laughs> we all knew she was there, obviously, but that's a little bit like what we do. We hide behind these curtains. We don't allow our light to shine. It doesn't change that we are light. We're just not showing it. So that's, that's what I think happens when something is coming at us. It's an opportunity to shine our light. I was talking with someone in our community just yesterday who is, she's dealing with some pretty difficult health crises. And she said that, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. But right now, this is good. Right now. And she's in a situation where because of her health crisis, her family has gathered around her in a way that she has not experienced in her life before. She just, she's been more of an independent person and hasn't had a lot of that warm holding that many of us treasure. And so when I look at her story, I could think of, oh no, this is disastrous, but that would not be very supportive of her. That would not be seeing her as the light being that she is. Instead, I choose to look at it and say, wow, look at this creation where she has made sure that she has the ability to be enveloped in love, where she is meeting this crisis with such wisdom and grace. She said to me, well, I'm not going to waste one bit of my energy fighting this. Think about that. 
how much of our lives do we spend fighting what is? When we could just be saying, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But this right now, this moment, I am. And that's enough. I am a creator and I get to create my response to what is coming at me. I get to knock it out of the park because I am that powerful. We are multidimensional beings. The light doesn't have boundaries. Yes, this is the edge of my skin, but it's not the edge of me. I go out and out and out and out, and so do you. And there are beings of light, and they are not separate from us. And when we look at the messes in our world, it's easy to get discouraged about that. It's easy to lose our joy. I know that I have gone there. But that, that's not a good place to be. We need to lift our consciousness to remember who we are, to know that there are layers and layers and there's more going on than what we can possibly know. And just take what's in front of us, be in this holy moment, and love it as it is. And trust that we are here as powerful creators to make something of this. Make mud pies out of mud. That's who we are. 